What is your favorite logo three that you've hit like in a big game? Okay, this is funny. I'll tell you this. At Rutgers, which used to be called the Rack, but it's now Jersey Mike Arena. I told our people before the game, I'm like, all right, if I make one from here, like, can you guys tweet like our media people? I'm like, can you tweet a Jersey Mike's and be like, hey, like, can she get free subs like for a year? Like, mm-hmm. And I made one, but they wouldn't do it. Dang, so that's like that's- my favorite logo. Like I hit one from Jersey Mike's logo on Rutgers floor. But obviously the Tiger Hawk and, and Carver mm. and that thing is huge. Like, yeah. so it's like pretty easy to shoot on because it extends so far. So those two. Okay. But yeah, I think Jersey Mike should give me like an NIL deal for making it. At Jersey Mike's, if you're listening, Come on. <laughs> give, me Clark deal. Wants a deal. give me some free subs. Let's go. We're trying to get some free subs. We're college students <laughs> on a budget. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome back to Sometimes I Hoop. I'm your host, Haley Jones. Quick humble brag here. I was number one player 2019, national champ, most outstanding player of the Final Four, preseason first team All-American, but this is not about me. I'm here with Miss Triple Double, reigning Big Ten Player of the Year as a sophomore, three-time gold medalist, first team All-American. I need a breath here. 2,000 plus points scores, shaking things up this year, and holds the Big Ten record for most career triple doubles men's or women's basketball. Iowa Hawkeye, very own, the one and only Caitlin Clark. Thank you for hopping on the pod. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored. That was quite the intro. That was. You're one of the best, though. You could have kept going with your own list. Come on now. Ma'am, don't start with me. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, okay, let's hop right into it. You have been wrecking havoc in the Big Ten. I know that scouts are just like, what? What do we do? Other team, they're just watching Mm -hmm. film. Like, how do we stop you? Averaging 31 points in these last four games, including two Mm -hmm. big wins over Ohio State and Maryland. So what's the zone big like? How has the team been? How have you been? What's the mindset been like? Honestly, like we had a really hard beginning of the year. Played some really good teams. We played UConn, NC State at home, who we lost to, went to K-State. And, you know, any road game is really hard. So I give a lot of credit to our coaches because I think, you know, we were tested early on and we know how tough the Big Ten is. Mm -hmm. Um, And you want to be playing your best basketball right now. And I really think we are. We're hot. Um, Like you said, we won eight straight and two of those against really, really good teams. Um, Beat Michigan at Michigan, beat Maryland on our home court, won at Ohio State. But yeah, I think the Big Ten is one of the best conferences in the country and you're really challenged every single night. But yeah, I mean, I love it. It's it's kind of weird now because I'm so used to the girls who I'm going up against. Um, yeah. I'm used to the coaches I'm going up against. But I think it almost kind of helps you in a way. I don't know if you feel the same. Mm-hmm. You kind of know what works, what doesn't work. But uh, yeah, you need to be playing your best basketball right now. I feel like we are. And the Big Ten Conference definitely made the end of end of our conference schedule super, super hard. So it's going to be a fun mm-hmm. finish for sure. No, nah, I feel that. It's weird being the vets in the league. I'm like, okay, I feel like I know how every system works, where the gaps are. And then the pack did the same thing with us. All of a sudden, Arizona, Utah, yeah. Colorado. I'm like, what? what is the reasoning to this? But it's fine. Welcome to the challenge. No, yeah. I mean, I love it. And it's good for the game. Like, I think people are tuned in. And ha- when you have that competition and when people can follow it at the end, you don't really know who's going to be the, the league champion until the last game. I think that's fun, too. That's That gets the fans excited. And we know, like, that last year, that's what it came down to for us. You know, we had one game versus Michigan at home to win the Big Ten regular season title. And we did. It was a sold out crowd. It was super mm-hmm. fun. It was on ESPN. So Indiana's our last game at home. It's already sold out. Oh, like that'll Febu- be good. Yeah, that'll February good. 26th. So no, it'll be fun. That's what it should be. So I'm excited. Yeah, living for the big games, especially having a sold out crowd. There's literally nothing like it. And I bet playing in your home gym is just crazy. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that Michigan game, but I bet <laughs> Indiana is going to be packed. That's going to be no, wild. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's going to be crazy. I can't believe it's already sold out. And like, I have so many people like texting me for tickets. I'm like, I can't help you. Like, <laughs> I wish like, I could. Spend the 15 like, bucks. Spend the you $15. ever heard of Ticketmaster? Ticketmaster <laughs> StubHub? Like, please, already, please. I like looked on Ticketmaster and they're like already going for like over $300. I was like, oh my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah, it's insane. Yo, 300 is crazy. I, I know, love but the sounds of that. It's awesome too. So it's cool to see, you know. And we don't have yeah. professional sports teams in Iowa. So like, this oh, so is y'all like, get all the fans. Yeah. This is like professional sports for, you know, our state. Yeah. That's sick. I mean, I feel like the strength of women's college basketball nationwide, but also conference to conference has just gotten better and better year in and year out. And, you know, I feel like it gets more intense towards the end of that conference play and conference tournament because there's the automatic bid in your conference tournament. And then also yep. you're trying to get the better seating as you get into that. But what players have you seen within the Big Ten or outside of the Big Ten really stepping into their own, making a name for themselves this season? Because I feel like there's been a lot of girls who may have been under the radar. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, 35th game, 50-point game. I'm like, who are you yeah. people? Like, where are you coming <laughs> from? It's been crazy. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot in the Big Ten. I think you could start with Mackenzie Holmes at Indiana post player is probably one of the best posts in the country. Obviously, I'm going to brag on my post a little bit. Monica Sinano, I think she's one of the best too. But mm-hmm. um, I would think Mackenzie Holmes and what she's done for that team. Obviously, Grace Berger, who is their point guard, goes out early in the season with an injury, but they still don't lose a game. She's back now, but obviously Indiana, number two in the country now. I think Taylor Mike Sal at Ohio State mm-hmm. has been tremendous as well. Obviously, they started off the season hot, kind of hit a a little bump in the road here, but as you know, that kind of happens to every team here and there. You know, you have your ups and downs. I think she's been really good. Oh, man, I'm just trying to think. Leah Brown at Michigan, I think, has mm-hmm. been really, really good. Fun to watch. Michigan's always a really hard team to play. Diamond Miller, as she was one of my teammates, obviously. I think she's probably teammates with you, too. Mm-hmm. Basically impossible to guard. Uh, so long. <laughs> Perfect WNBA body will be an insane WNBA player. Um, one mm-hmm. of the most athletic players in our league. Super fun to watch. Not very fun to go up against because she's so skilled. But I mean, there's so many good players and that's what makes it so fun because you know you're going to have those matchups every single night. 100%. You know, just the talent level across mm-hmm. the Big Ten, the ACC, every single Power Five conference, but mid-majors. It's just heightened yeah. every year that we've been playing. And I think it's just like, Across the AAU circuit, there's so much talent. Like I open Instagram, whatever, but I'll go to a tournament and I see just crazy hoopers out there and they may not get very much recognition in high school, but once they make it to the college stage, like they find the right program, they find the right fit, the players, the culture, whatever it may be, and they're really able to come into their own. But just the landscape of college basketball and the amount of upsets that has happened this year. Yeah. And people think that last year's tournament was wild. I think this year is going to be insane. It's going to be crazy. And we were on the losing side of that last year. We, you know, we got mm-hmm. upset in the second round to create in a, a very, very skilled team and a hard team to match up with. They went on to upset Iowa State too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually met up with South Carolina, who would be the eventual champion. So that was a, a tall task for them. But <laughs> um, no, a very skilled team. And I think that's why it's the greatest postseason in all of sports is because there are those upsets. You know, you don't get multiple chances to win the game. You have one chance one night. I think the pain of us losing last year has really kind of driven our team. Um, Mm -hmm. In a way, I don't think we really had that fire last year. But this year, you know, you kind of have that pain and experience of, you know, not getting where you wanted to go kind of thing. But like you said, like, I think that's exciting for women's basketball. We haven't always had those upsets in March Madness. It hasn't Mm -hmm. always been like that. So... You know, I love it. And obviously, when you get that home court advantage, if you're a top four seed, that certainly helps too. So uh, I think that's pretty fun. And obviously, you can sell out 
your arena, that's great for women's basketball too. We mentioned earlier, you made a little note about the Big Ten being so deep. And we've had this little debate on the pod recently as the best conference in the country. <laughs> so I would love I saw to get that. your take. I saw I love to get your take. for the SEC. You were vouching mm-hmm. for the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I'm going to argue the Big Ten, of course. I have to. Mm. I don't, okay. Well, I think we, got, we have a team that's number two. We have a team that's number five. We got a team that's number eight, I believe. We got a team that's mm-hmm. number 12. And then Ohio State's in there somewhere too. I'm missing them. Mm-hmm. I'm missing, there might be five in the top 25, maybe even six. I feel like the Big Ten in recent years has been on the rise. Like, so I feel true. like it hasn't always been past, this way. In the past, it's really been like Pac 12, ACC, Big 12, SEC. And then it's kind of like, ah, Big Ten, yep. whatever, right? But yep. in recent years, y'all have really come along. However, <laughs> with that understanding, knowing that you guys are coming along, I feel like the Pac-12 has just been a pillar, you know? Oh. We still got five in the 25. We got teams on the bubble. Upsets happening left and right. Unfortunately, one just happened to us, but I it's fine. I, I know the pain. It happens to the best of us. Come on. <laughs> it happens. It happens. It does. But I see the Big Ten argument, but the Pac, I got to I'm a Pac-12. I'm a West Coast girly at heart. I don't know about that. But like you said, I do think the Big Ten has gotten a lot better. I don't think that talent level has always been, you know, there hasn't always been like five or six teams that have always been ranked. It hasn't always been like that. There's maybe been one or two. Maryland's always been really, really good. And occasionally, you know, Iowa's been pretty good. Sweet 16, Elite Eights. Mm -hmm. But there always hasn't been like, you know, really, really good teams consistently in the top 25, maybe here and there, but not to the level that it's at right now. And I think even the teams that aren't ranked, you know, we went to Michigan State a team that was, what, three and five in conference, and we go to overtime. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's those teams that aren't even ranked that can really challenge you too because they have, you know, really good players. But yeah, you know, the Pac-12 is really good too. You know I visited some Pac-12 schools. Oh, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. So I'll give you that. (laughs) ACC is good. You know, I mean, no matter what conference you're in, you can argue whatever you want. But I think like across the board, the talent level is just so much better. You know, and that's really good. I think it's also just like the talent level being dispersed. Like we kind of mentioned yeah. earlier, it used to go to the same programs year in and year mm-hmm. out. And then a lot of that talent ends up sitting on the bench or just not ever getting that opportunity. And so it's so cool to be a part of that new kind of wave of women's mm-hmm. basketball, which I feel like is such a big part of why it's growing so much because there's no clear winner every year. When you go into the tournament, it's not like, oh, this is going to be in the final four. This is going to be a national championship. It's like, it could be like 20 teams right now in the final four. There's really no guessing who it's going to be. So it's so exciting. I totally agree. And I think that's what's going to draw more people to our game is just, you know, the uncertainty almost of, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing who's going to win March Madness, who's going to win the national championship, who's going to be in the final four. But yeah, like you know, the AAU circuit has definitely helped that, you know, coming up, especially we can argue EYBL is the best. <laughs> uh, Nike EYBL is the best. You know, I grew up playing for all Iowa Attack since like sixth grade. So, you know, I was on that circuit for a while and you're just surrounded by so many good players, whether it's on your own team or you're playing some of the best in the country. You know, everybody goes to Chicago for Nike Nationals. Mm-hmm. It's like literally one of the most fun weeks of of summer that I can remember. But yeah, I think that's certainly helped the talent level get even better because I don't think it's always been that way. So, you know, that's I think that's certainly helped a lot too. For sure. I mean, speaking of AAU and all Iowa attack, taking it back to the roots here, when did <sighs> basketball become real for you? Like when yeah. were you like... I want to play on an EYBL team. I want to do this and that. I want to play college basketball. I want to be one of the best. Like, 
why basketball? What made it it for you? No, yeah. I actually grew up like playing with the boys Mm -hmm. in soccer and basketball. And I was a super, super competitive kid from a very, very young age. So like my parents knew that and they kind of just tossed me in like whatever sport I could because I needed to get my energy out. But I like grew up playing with the boys and I give that a lot of credit for, you know, the player I am today just because I think it helped me, you know, kind of develop and be a little tougher. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, kind of have to develop skills at a younger age, ball handling, got to be a good shooter, things like that. But I knew I loved basketball when I was pretty young. And then probably by like eighth grade, I knew like, okay, like this can probably like be my future. Like I can go to college. Like I want to be a pro. That's what I want to do. And I really took it seriously. I wanted to get better at it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I played USA basketball three separate times. And I think that, you know, that's always such a fun experience. You get to be surrounded by some of the best players in our country at, at your age group. Um, and you get to compete for your home country and, and try to win a gold medal. So luckily, all three times I've won a gold medal. The second time was way too close. We almost lost and probably should have lost. But no, I think definitely super competitive kid from a young age. And then like, I honestly played soccer until high school. And then I gave it up and kind of knew basketball was my future. For sure. I too love soccer. Soccer is like, it's such, such an outlet for me yeah. now. Like Stanford it's still, soccer is really good, right? Aren't they? Oh my God. The games are so fun to go yeah. to. Yeah. No, They're, that's awesome. I was like the biggest North Carolina women's soccer fan of all time growing mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I loved you. it. But I literally no, I still do. I USA girl. women's soccer. Like I loved it. I always had it on. I still do. You know, I no. try to have it on at the World Cup. Like I was so dialed into that too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I did everything. I was I was a gymnastics girl until I got too tall. Oh my gosh! And then I was just like That's crazy. hanging from bar to bar. There was no jumping required, no, I, so that I, had I to see go. the gymna- the gymnasts here do like weightlifting and stuff, and I'm like, wow, yeah, crazy. The core workouts that they do. Oh my gosh, they're like insane. pumping out like all these like ab workouts. Mm-hmm. Like push ups are nothing for them. Like it's insane. Mm-mm. And like I, I, I love advantage. watching gymnastics, especially mm-hmm. the Olympics. Like. I love it. Mm-hmm. I did try tennis too. Like I wish I could be a tennis player. I do too. It would be my dream, honestly. Like Serena Williams is just like the GOAT. She's like my favorite athlete of all time across the board, no matter what sport it is, just because, you know, she, she's beast. She's a mom. She plays yeah, tennis. she's an icon. She's an she icon. She has all these amazing businesses. She's got like her own jewelry company. Like she just yeah, does like, it all. It's impressive. She, I don't get how she has the time to do it I all. Either. And she Crazy. makes it look so effortless. She really does. She's queen. She's queen. <laughs> She's queen. She's queen. Yeah. You mentioned a little bit about your USA basketball experience. And previously, we had Jordan talk about getting caught in the elevator. So I, I need that. I need to hear what went down in the elevator from your perspective. I'm pretty sure that's when we were in Argentina. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what she said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was my first time playing USA basketball. And we were in like everything like... And Argentina was just a lot smaller. Like the beds were smaller. The elevators were smaller. Like the drinking glasses were smaller. Oh, no. And I remember like we got in the elevator. And I'm pretty sure it's, there was like a sign like that said like only so many people. And we were like, I want to say it was like after one of our first games and we were like all tired and wanted to get upstairs. And we're like, all right, just jam the elevator. Like mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen. Like, are you kidding me? Like it would never happen. So we all get on and all of a sudden like it's just like stuck. And I just remember like. First of all, we're all crammed in there. So I'm like, it's not like there's two people in there and we're stuck and you can like mm-hmm. spread out, like sit down. Like, no, like we're wall to wall, shoulder to shoulder. Like it was terrible. And then I remember like they eventually got the elevator's doors open and like we could only like get through like a little like crack almost. So we had to like duck and like climb out. It oh, was no, insane. And I was traumatized. And I know for fact, we never crammed a bunch of people in the elevator on that oh. trip again. <laughs> never again. But 
Yes, that was a traumatizing experience. So now whenever like my team here at Iowa wants to like put a ton of people in the other room, I'm like, no, we're not doing it. We're not mm-hmm. doing it. <laughs> Do you like, I've had my it. time. No, yeah. man. <laughs> and that's hilarious. <laughs> so kind of talking more about AU and just coming up with basketball. When did you start getting your recruited? And when was like, when did you take your visits? What was your process like during recruitment? Because I know mine, it was long and I did not <laughs> like it. It was way yeah. too long. So long. Honestly, like started getting recruited really, really young. Um, mm-hmm. probably like seventh, eighth grade, probably around the same for you too. Mm-hmm. But when I was like that age, my parents were like, nah, like you don't need to talk to coaches. Like you're in seventh grade. Like you should just enjoy your friends, like you're in middle school. Like mm-hmm. and I'm super grateful for that. Like, no seventh grader and eighth grader should be talking to college coaches or really, you know, thinking about that part of their life just because it's so far away and you're not really I don't know. I don't want to say mature enough to make that decision, but really like it takes a lot of thought. Like it's a big Mm -hmm. decision. It's where you're going to spend the next four years of your life. So, um, you know, and then I kind of got into high school and started taking it a little more seriously. Coaches would come watch me, come watch me work out, come to my games, um, started talking to coaches, took quite a few visits. And eventually like my top three were Iowa, Iowa State and Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. um, mostly because like I love the schools, but at the same time, like I knew I wanted to be close to my family. You know, I'm a big family person. The University of Iowa is only like two hours from where I live. So that's a huge reason why I came here. But obviously, you know, Coach Bluter, she's one of the best coaches of all time. The winningest coach in Big Ten history um, will be in the Hall of Fame. Her and your coach are very close. Mm, so they're like besties. That going. They are besties. They are besties. Um, but no, and I think, you know, we had Kathleen Doyle who was graduating and had just got drafted into the WNBA. So like we needed to fill the point guard spot. And that's kind of what always... Coach Bluter kind of sold to me, and I really liked that. I wanted to go somewhere I could make an impact pretty early. I didn't really mm-hmm. want to sit on the bench. And, you know, obviously I was going to have to earn that, but that's kind of what she sold to me. And on my visits here, I always love the girls. I love the town. I love the coaches. So it kind of just seemed like everything kind of fell into place and like this is where I should be. And, you know, now that I'm here, I know I definitely made the right decision and I've loved every second. But like you said, recruiting is so long and mm-hmm. it's exhausting and I kind of feel bad for kids in high school because I would never kind of want to go back to doing that again because it was just so terrible. For sure. The recruiting process is so long. It is like, I always felt so bad calling to say no. Like, I know it's a business, but I'm also like, I am so sorry. Like, you spent so much time on me and I'm just not coming. But like, ugh, I I know. It broke my heart. You develop relationships with those coaches and like, you do, you know it's kind of a weird part of your life. You're like, oh, like I'm never going to talk to you again. But <laughs> yeah. thanks for talking to me the past three years. Like, exactly. And it's, it's like, so weird, but it's like, you want it to go well because you don't know if they're going to leave, if they're going to go to a different school, yeah. you could end up needing a job. Like who knows? So you want it to be, you want it to be a nice relationship. It's an odd thing to strike it, it a is. weird balance. It is weird. And I think something else like through the recruiting process that I always thought was important is like, you never kind of want to decide too early. I think especially now, like, coaching spots change all the time. I think a lot, like a ton of the schools I got recruited by, the head coach isn't even there anymore, Mm -hmm. which is like so crazy to think about. But I'm happy like I'm here at the University of Iowa. I've loved every single second. It's been so fun. And I think we can do some special stuff. So it's been good. Coach Bluter and Coach Vanderveer, they they sticking around. They stay strong. There's there's no doubt in that at all. (laughs) Those two are solidified. (laughs) Yeah, they're not going. (laughs) But, you know, kind of thinking back to your freshman year, Iowa, come out hot Mm -hmm. start, right? Were there any nerves coming in your freshman year? Big expectations, things you wanted to do. What was the energy like moving into your first few games coming out so hot? 
honestly, that feels like so long ago. It's so Mm -hmm. weird. I'm sure you could say the same thing, but honestly, it was weird because it was COVID. So it was like, I would go and play in front of like 50 people. So I like really didn't feel any like pressure or like anything like that. And obviously, you know, people here in the state knew who I was even before Mm -hmm. I got here. So like, I think there was kind of those expectations, but not really the expectations on our team as much. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember my freshman year, we weren't even projected to make the tournament and then we would go on to make the Sweet 16. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, we were kind of always the people that, you know, had a chip on our shoulder, which is completely the opposite now. Like we're the ones with the target on our back. We're the ones people want to beat. So it's kind of weird. It's like a completely different dynamic than when I first got here. But yeah, I mean, obviously that feels like so long ago, ago, but I never like was scared of anything. And I think that was like kind of the thing that helped me. Like I had a lot of confidence in myself. The coaches had a lot of confidence in me. Like I've started since day one at the point guard spot. And that's not really something that happens a lot. And yeah, you know, that is kind of a lot of pressure for a freshman to be the point guard. You know, the point guard, you're kind of the extension of the coach on the court. You got to know what's going on. You got to know mm-hmm. the plays. You got to tell people where to go. So, but yeah, it was weird because it was COVID. So like I never really played in front of too many people. So there wasn't like all the loud noise I had to deal with, screaming fans, the screaming other team fans. So like last year when I played in front of a crowd for the first time, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, like, awesome. This is awesome. Like, <laughs> I feel like it helped me even more. Like I was like, oh yeah, all these people are screaming for us. Like this is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. The COVID experience was like, it's very hard to describe because you're really playing. Because I know in the pack, it was like only your family got tickets. So I was like, oh, this yeah, is same. like playing in the cul-de-sac. It's whatever. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, like you get to the tournament your next year and it's like, holy crap, like, why are there 10,000 people here? What is going on? But it's so much fun because you kind of had that year to get acclimated to college basketball in a way. But the COVID year was something crazy. I can't even describe it to people whenever they ask about it. I feel like I kind of came in at like a good time. I kind of got like a free year to get used (laughs) to college basketball because technically I, I still have a COVID year too. Like that was basically a free year for me to like play and I can still take another year on top of that. So I think it did help me kind of get used to college basketball without like all the fans, all the noise, Mm -hmm. all the pressure before like the next year, you know, it really got, it got loud. Um, The tension on our team only increased. So yeah, I think it was actually kind of nice now that I think about it. For sure. And I mean, speaking of your freshman year, was there a game that was just tough? You look back on it, you look at the film and you're like, that's not me. That, mm -mm." or like a film horror story. You got to give me something. Yeah, no, I vividly remember we went, it was my first, I think it was my first game ever on like national TV. We played Mm -hmm. on the Big Ten Network and it was at Northwestern. And I think I had like eight points. It was horrible. Oh Oh my gosh, I played so bad. It was terrible. I remember getting subbed out. Yeah, at Northwestern, uh, Veronica Burton. Obviously, one of the best players oh, Ronnie, the league's Ronnie's. had in a really long time. And they play like a really weird zone, like defense. Like she, she basically would run around and create chaos, get all these steals. It was crazy. <laughs> but like I couldn't make anything. It was terrible. Like nobody was there. And I kept getting subbed out. And I remember like I would just go sit like I would sit by myself because all the seats were like spread out. Like so I'm just <laughs> sitting like in the corner by myself. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And like nobody could go to that game because some people had different rules. So there was like no people there at all. I'm like. I just know my family's watching on TV and they're like, what is up with her tonight? But Mm -hmm. no, like that's like, I think that might be the only game in my career I haven't scored over 10 points. So it's like I vividly remember like that was like the worst game of my career. And, you know, like I was a freshman, it was kind of destined to happen at some point. But Mm -hmm. like that one kind of sticks with me more than anything. No, I feel like everybody has that game. I know. And I know that Tara specifically, she's a film girl. So like, oh yeah. 
if we be locked in, we'd be in the film room for an hour and we finna watch be like, okay, Haley, what did you think about this? Why did you do that? Did you see this? Da, da, da. I'm like, yes, ma'am. I'm so sorry. I will do better. <laughs> no, Coach Buddha yeah. is the same way. But mm-hmm. like film never lies. So like, I think it's yeah. one of the best things you can do is like watch film and really learn. Um, and we watch with our position coaches more than as a team. Um, mm-hmm. we obviously we watch a ton of film, like of other teams together, but not really like breakdown of yourself. But, you know, I love watching film and honestly, I like, I'll watch film of our practices even just because mm-hmm. like that doesn't lie either. Like you can see the way you're moving without the ball, how you're moving on defense, things like that. So yeah, I mean, we're, we love film too. Trust me. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, maybe too co- much film at some points. It's just like, oh, dang, can we just play the game? <laughs> for sure. Especially on the road film after every I meal. Know. I'm like, oh I know. gosh, your freshman year was one for the books. Mm-hmm. Did you come in knowing that you were going to dominate like that? What were, what was your mental like going into your freshman year? Not that that's for sure. <laughs> I did not think I would be national freshman of the year. Obviously me and Paige shared the award. So mm-hmm. a huge honor and a really big deal. And, but like, that was never something I was like, Oh, starting the year. I'm like, gotta be national freshman of the year. Yeah. Just gotta yeah. do it. Like <laughs> that wasn't on my mind. Like, so it's honestly, gotta happen. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, Never would have thought of that. But I remember when Coach Bluter told me she, we were in the bubble in San Antonio and she was like, mm-hmm. hey, can you just like stop by my room really quick? Like, I just I just want to show you something. I was like, oh, maybe she like wants to show me a clip of film or like mm-hmm. something that like really quick or like sometimes she'll like tell me like something about the scouting report, whatever. And like I get in there and like all the coaches are just sitting there and I'm like, this is so weird. Like what mm-hmm. is happening? And like Coach Bluter gets like a suite and everything and they're all just like sitting there. And I'm like, Hi, like you're what? like uh, what I do. <laughs> I'm like, am I in trouble? Like something bad happened? Mm-hmm. And they're like, we just want to tell you, like, your national freshman of the year. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so cool. And they all got pumped. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I vividly remember them telling that to me when we were in San Antonio at the bubble. So that was a cool moment too. And obviously, like that's really good for our program too, because mm-hmm. you know when we have that light on us, it shines on our whole program, and that's that's really good. So. Yeah, definitely a cool moment, but definitely not something I was like, ah, got to happen. <laughs> yeah, you're like needed or failure. Like you're like, oh, like that's amazing. Freshman year at the bubble, you guys made noise, right? Sweet 16 is... Oh, yeah. Sweet 16 is tough. Like, yeah. so, I mean, you do that, then you carry that momentum. Sophomore year, you crush it. Thousand point, yeah. back-to-back 30-point triple dubs. And then that great run that you had... So mm-hmm. you kind of talked about it a little bit as a team, your mindset, but what did you do over the summer to get ready to have the season that you're having this year? You know, it was kind of different for me. Like I wasn't really used to like having a summer to like actually like really work on my game. Cause usually like I'm away, like playing USA mm-hmm. basketball or doing something like that. Or like it was COVID my freshman year coming in. So it was like kind of different. Like you had a bunch of rules you had to follow, things like mm-hmm. that. But like, I think the biggest thing for me that like I really focused on was like, I wanted to get stronger. Like, I think that kind of hindered me at points last year is just like, people were physical with me. That's Mm -hmm. like, that was probably like the number one thing on the scouting report was like, be physical with her, like get up in her grill, hold her jersey, tug on her arms. Mm -hmm. And like, that's just not something the ref's going to call every time just because they can't. So I think it's like something I just accepted. Like I wanted to get stronger. You know, I was just going to accept that people were going to do that to me. And so I took the weight room super seriously. And obviously the consistency of being here all summer Mm -hmm. and being able to be in there as much as I was, um, was huge for myself. And I think that's really like showed throughout, you know, conference play, especially, but obviously earlier in the year too, is, you know, I feel like I'm staying on my feet more when I'm finishing around the rim. I'm able to absorb a lot more contact, things like that. So 
I think it's definitely paid off. But I would say that's like the number one thing that I really wanted to work on, especially because I was able to be here all summer. You know, you know how it goes when you're away with USA basketball. It's not like you're in the weight room lifting. You just don't do that. Like, you just don't do that. You don't have set aside time to go and lift weights with each other. You just don't. You have time to have two-a-day practices, but you're not lifting Mm -hmm. weights with each other. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got time for lifts, run, film, practice, practice. You got time for it all in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. You but really do. I had a rude awakening my freshman year. I came in and I had to guard Dijonay the first day of practice. <laughs> and I'm like looking around. Like, I'm sure that you? was really fun. <laughs> I tried to, I, I wasn't even trying to take a charge and I flew 50 feet. <laughs> I'm like, what am I expected to do? But like, it does make a difference, especially driving in the lane, like Absolutely. getting knocked by, especially in the Big Ten. You got some big girls in there. Like yeah. you got to finish with that contact. So it's, it's definitely big. But just being a tall guard like yourself, mm-hmm. what is the best part of being a tall guard and what is the worst part? Because for me, I hate when little guards be up in my grill, pick me up full court, get off me. But like, I'm also like, oh, once I get down there, pass the way, go post up. Like there's pros and cons. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is almost like, you know, I'm, I'm six foot and I'm a point guard. Like, I think it, makes it easier for me to pass the ball. Like Mm -hmm. I can just see a lot of different angles that probably a lot of traditional shorter point guards can't really see. Um, And that's why I think I'm able to throw a lot of passes that, you know, maybe other people won't throw just because, you know, I have a good two or three inches more than the traditional point guard. Um, And I think that also kind of goes along with like, I'm able to get my shot off in a lot of different ways just because, you know, I'm taller. So it's like the other team kind of has to pick, are you going to pick a taller, like a little slower defender to put on me? You're going to go with somebody shorter or faster. You know, sometimes people would try like the long athletic route. So I've certainly seen it all, Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. but I would agree. I think getting picked up full court, that's never fun. You never (laughs) want to be guarded 94 feet, uh, especially when they can move their feet well and keep you in front. That's never too fun as a point guard. No, I got you. I mean, you kind of mentioned it. Like, I feel like you're such a great facilitator and people are always like, oh, you know, you got your logo three, you got this and that and a third, the list goes on. But like the way that you're able to facilitate the floor and it's nice having somebody like Monica down there, obviously, but like you still got your shooters on the corners, coming off screens, doing all this. What really clicked for you this year when it comes to your vision on the court, getting teammates involved? Is it like the game slowing down for you? Was it in the film room? Like we talked about what were kind of those things that really been clicking for you this season? Yeah, I think like understanding when and when not to make a pass, I think has been a huge thing for me. And obviously eliminating my turnovers was also a focus just because they were kind of high my first two years here. And as you know, like I'm a risky player, like that's just Mm -hmm. how I play. You know, I'm going to try to make some flashy plays or I'm going to try to make passes that maybe are a little risky. So I think, but I think understanding when you need that and when you don't, I think that's kind of the game management kind of thing. But yeah, I think our transition offense definitely allows me to be a facilitator. You know, we want to push the ball as much as we can in transition. Like that's our best offense. We're better in transition than we are in the quarter court. And that's kind of just been our bread and butter. And when we get stops on defense, it's so hard to get back. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we found out a lot this year that people kind of have almost stopped crashing on us as much because they're just starting to send. Oh, when they just send like four people back in transition because they're so terrified that we're going to run on them. Mm -hmm. It's it's annoying, honestly. It is. It is. But I get it. Our transition is probably one of the best in the country, if not the best. You know, we allow any guard to bring the ball up. You know, we want to outlet it really quick. Our shooter spot up, four or five run, first one down runs to the block. So, you know, yeah. I think that, but also we run the read and react offense. So like you can't scout that. Like that's mm-hmm. not something you can scout. So I think it makes it hard for people to 
defend us because you can't just go over like, oh, they're going to screen there or they're going to flare screen there. They're going to ball screen there like a lot of teams do. So I think that allows me to be creative within our offense and find a lot of different mm-hmm. ways to get Ma on the ball or get the shooters the ball. So I think there's definitely that element to it as well. Yeah, I mean, you guys have a lot of different weapons. And I feel like just from what people say or commentators or this and that, they really get caught up in like, okay, you have to stop Caitlin and Monica. But then you think mm-hmm. about the other pieces that you have around you. It makes it so much easier yeah. to space the floor. And like like you said, that transition offense, that's the best place to play. Transition is my favorite area. It's the open court. You can push yourself. Yes. You can hit your teammates. You can hit your people. Yeah. But like it's hard to stop, especially with an offense that moves that much. Mm-hmm. It's, there's no way to scout it. And I think that's why we've had so much success of late. We've had a lot of people step up and it's been from game to game. It's changed. We've had people come off the bench and contribute a lot. So I think you know that, like, obviously you guys, you got balance all across. You could go like 12 deep and still be getting buckets (laughs) on everybody. But I, you know, I think that kind of takes a good team to a great team is when you have that balance um, and a lot of different people contributing. hundred percent. I mean, I know I hate it when we play a team that's deep because it's like, okay, pick your poison. You're going to have to let her get this shot, this and that. You're like, okay, her threes aren't that good of a percentage. All of a sudden she got four threes in the first half. And I'm like, okay, okay I swear that always out happens the to us. Coach Miller's like, too. oh, she, she can't shoot. She can't shoot. Like we're sagging off this mm-hmm. game. And I'm like, it never fails that somehow the person that can't shoot always scores. Like it just doesn't make sense, but that always happens to us. Every time it's like we come in during that first media timeout and we're like, so throw the scout out the window. This is what we're going to do. We're like, whose scout was this? Come on. They even watch the film. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I don't care how many games you watch. That was an awful scout. Like you lied. I don't, I'm like the numbers lie. The numbers lie. I'm not hearing it. I mean, we talked a bit about your facilitating, but it's not to take anything away from your scoring. Like who else is pulling up two steps across half court? Bang, give me that. Do this, whatever. But like, my question is, is there ever like a heat check? Because it seems like the heat check is first out of the game. It's just like, (laughs) come out, come out how we feeling today. And if it's a bucket, we're ready to roll. If it's not, we're still rolling. (laughs) that's true honestly like if I start the game off hot and like I hit a three like oh Mm -hmm. my like they're going up and like my teammates know I just hit a couple threes or something like that like watch out because it's transition threes going up Mm -hmm. and you can like just tell like if you just look at me like you know it's going up like there was one when we were playing who were we I think it was Nebraska like two Saturdays ago. Mm -hmm. I had just made like a couple threes in transition and like I got the ball and I kid you not I was like a step and a half past half court and mm-hmm. I shot it. And after I shot it, I go, wow, that was just dumb and insane. Why would I ever shoot that? It was so short. It didn't go in. Yeah, it but we're so like, oh, short, but I like, I'm like running back and like, I look at the people court side and I go, wow, that was insane. <laughs> and they just started dying laughing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, two steps past half court. It's like, oh, well, but it's like that mentality where it's next play, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think that's where it targets pressure with me because Similar to you, I'm very much high risk, high reward. Let's throw Absolutely. it again. And I'm so, all like, for that. <laughs> if I throw a pass to Cam and let's say like mishandles it, whatever, instead of being like, okay, I'm never throwing you the ball game, I'm like, going okay, right back. Sure. yeah, Tara's like, okay, Haley, like it's time. I said, no, 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 Cam, a little higher, a little lower, a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> what that, do you need? Like, what do you exactly. need? <laughs> like, let's do it again because that looks great. So, yeah. I mean, I love the high risk, high reward. And I think that. You being the type of player where you're able to score at will, obviously, but it's also you having that understanding of like being selfless and find the hot hand. And if that's not you on a given night, which rarely is, 
But if that's not you on a night, then it's like, okay, let me find Gabby on the wing. Let me find Monica inside. Like, let me do all these different things because it's the mindset where it's like, you want to win more than anything else. Because like you said, that's been a competitive nature since you were young. And I think that comes like also with like my maturity of understanding mm-hmm. the game. You know, maybe my freshman and sophomore year, like I have off nights, like, man, like I just sometimes would like kind of lose my cool, like kind of just you get in your head, like you're mad, like you're like, why are these shots going down? Like you put in so much time, but being able to understand, like to think you're going to shoot great and that many consecutive games is a crazy thought. hundred percent. Okay. So now moving off the court for a quick moment, we're going to talk about NIL. How did you kind of take the process? Did you find an agency? Did you do it on your own? Did you kind of take your time with it? What was your perspective going into things? What did you want? Did you want to make NIL big for you? Like what were, Mm -hmm. what was the mentality moving into it? Yeah, honestly, like I was more like kind of figuring out all what it was at first. And I still don't really have an agent that works for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll probably like get one closer as I get ready and prepare for the WNBA. Yeah, I'm sure you know how that goes. Like it's a mm-hmm. process. You got to find the right one for you. There's so many different options. But obviously my my family has been a huge help. My mom's done a ton for me. She actually retired from working just a couple years before like I got to college. So she's been like my right-hand woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like in the professional business world. So like she knows how a lot of that stuff goes. Obviously NIL is a lot different, but like yeah. at least she has some experience in that. But, you know, she's been awesome. And I think, you know, I've been busy with so much stuff and it's nice to have somebody that, you know, you can really trust to be able to lean on um, and help you with. But, you know, obviously there's a lot of people in my corner that help me with a lot of different things. And obviously your play on the court definitely determines how NIL is for you. But also at the same time, like it gets super big right during the heart of your season, which is really difficult too, because like that's when you have the most visibility on you. But like that's when you're the busiest. So it's being able to balance those two. But you know, obviously being able to sign with Nike, as you know, super mm-hmm. cool. Obviously, <laughs> you know, you, I grew up admiring a ton of Nike athletes. Like those were my role models. Those were my idols. Um, and now being able to like be a part and be one of them, I think is super cool and kind of takes you back for a second. Yeah. I mean, my mom is my momager and she is like, exactly. My I'm rock. right there with you. Yeah. So it's like, it's so nice being able to have this person as you navigate through this new part of your life into this professional world, but it's also the person that you trust most. And it's like, there's never going to be any type of ill will behind any of the decisions being made for you, which I really appreciate. And you mentioned Nike, like the Nike deal was crazy. Like when my people reached out to me about it, I was like, me? (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, are we for real? But I mean, just doing something like that is so special. Like you said, Grace that you look up to. Like we mentioned, our icons, Serena Williams, Nike, right? It's just such, it really is a take of a setback moment. Mm-hmm. But just kind of moving through this NIL space, what has been the best advice you've received or best advice you could give out to our listeners? Ask questions. Like that's the biggest thing. Like if you don't understand something, like you can always ask. Obviously, that goes for a lot of things in life, mm-hmm. but. I think also like partnering with companies that truly align with your values and like what you're passionate about. Don't just do something because they offer you money or something like that or clothes or a car, you know, Mm -hmm. really be passionate about it and make sure, you know, it aligns with what you're true to um, as well. I think that's super important. And that's been something for me. You know, I want to align with companies that understand the time of student athlete and that I don't have all day to sit there and, Mm -hmm. you know, shoot a commercial or, you know, post on Instagram, post on Twitter and do things like that. So I think those are kind of the biggest things that I've definitely learned and 
that I would say are kind of the most important. No, for sure. I think being authentic, right? Like you're picking Mm -hmm. brands that you want to work with, messages that you believe in. I know for me, a lot of it was learning to say no to a lot of opportunities too. It's like, you don't have to jump on everything. And it's doing your research. It's what is this company believe in? What are their messages? How do they operate? Do they really want you to be a partner or are you just like a face, right? Yeah. Or you just posted a quick two Instagram post and like, yeah, (laughs) no, for sure. It's like, I'm not interested in signing these cash grab deals. You want to create relationship with brands. Like you said, moving into your professional career, it's, it's your brand. And it's, it's weird to think that like, I used to look up to these college players as role yeah. models. And now I'm like, oh my God, kids look up to me. Like, exactly. It's weird because you feel like you're just that little kid still. Exactly. Like, but really, like that's the shoes that you're in now. Yeah. So it's it's definitely odd now that I'm here. And it's like, uh, okay, I'm a role model. I'm still figuring out stuff for myself. Like, when's the day when I don't call my mom when I have a question? <laughs> Never. Like, always. Yeah. <laughs> like, That'll I'm, be me. <laughs> I have a slight inconvenience. I'm like, mom, I don't know how to do this form. <laughs> da, 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 da. It's crazy. But yeah. NIL has been so much fun. It has. It's been awesome. And it's been cool to see people give back too. Like, I think that's also another, you know, cool thing, whether it's like they're giving a charity, they're hosting a certain event or, mm-hmm. you know, they're holding a camp back in their hometown where the kids are coming and, and get, being able to work out. So I think there's been like a lot of really cool stuff with it as well. 100%. And just like growing the women's game. I feel like women's basketball has been on yeah. the forefront of a lot of NIL. And Absolutely. seeing these big brands that want to work with people, like for us, like Nike, or I know there's some Adidas athletes or this, mm-hmm. that, and the third. Just the type of brands that women's basketball players are aligning themselves with just proves how much value that we bring, which mm-hmm. I feel like is just so great. Like I, when I mm-hmm. see people post, I feel like a lot of us know each other from USA or EYBL or whatever yeah. it be. When I see somebody post a deal, I'm like commenting. I'm like, oh my God, I sent it to my mom. I'm like, look at her go. I'm like <laughs> over here clapping from a distance. Like it is no, so exciting. Women's basketball players are usually like the ones on the forefront of a lot of really big campaigns. And that's, you know, it's super cool to see. And like you said, I think that's going to help people, you know, want to tune in and watch us even more. Okay. Last segment here. It's going to be called our vibe check and it is rapid fire questions. In the past, our guests have not been too good. So I hope that I'm scared. You're going (laughs) to, I believe it's, it's nothing too crazy. Oh God. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. What is the drill you never want to see on your practice plan? Oh, coach K layups. Terrible. Terrible. Oh my God. What's that? You basically like just run back and forth full court. Like, Mm. trying to make as many layups as you can in two minutes. And like, I don't even know what the goal is, but basically I know our goal is like insane. And coach Bluter just has made it way too hard because like we rarely ever complete the drill and like Mm -hmm. you're exhausted. So if we have to keep doing it again, like it's even more impossible. And if you miss, like you get subtracted points from like how many you've made. So like you can literally never miss a layup in two minutes and you're sprinting full court, full speed, every single person. Like it's wild. It's always like, we always like go up to our managers and we're like, uh, is, what's the warm-up drill today? Please don't be Coach K layups. You're like, please, God, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. Are you going to go for a game-winning shot or a game-winning steal? Game-winning shot. Come on mm-hmm. now. I know, I know. Off the court <laughs> sneakers, what's your go-to? Oh, dunk clothes. Got to. Those are my go-to. Love it. Love it. Okay. And one or three-pointer? Three-pointer. Come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Toughest place to play. Oh, that is a good one. Well, we played at... Duke last year that was tough I Mm -hmm. didn't realize like it wasn't like it was like pretty full it wasn't like anything like 
crazy, crazy, but like, oh my gosh, those people are loud. And like, it's small. So like, it gets yeah. even louder than you would think. And the band's loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Cameron Indoor was awesome. I would probably say there. Yeah, old gyms get loud for some odd so reason. Loud. It's crazy. What's your go-to trash talk line? <laughs> oh, man, I, I don't try to, I don't want to talk trash. That's my, I usually try not to. <laughs> Honestly, more than anything, I'm usually just celebrating uh, okay. my team or like myself. Oh man, that's tough. Maybe just like you be given the shrug. I feel like the I'm shrug. not much of a trash talker either. I'm more of like I a like, laugh. I like to get the three to the crowd a lot. I like to hype, hype the, the crowd. crowd uh, I hype up the crowd a lot. We're more okay. at home. They love it. They get so loud. But honestly, like I don't really say too much to the other team. Okay, like, maybe unless they try thing. to say you're something a, to me, like obviously I'm gonna respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're more of a you're more of a get the crowd going. Yeah, I got of you. Course. Of course. Okay. Ice pack or ice bath? Neither. Hot tub? <laughs> oh, no, ma'am. <laughs> okay. this is a, my trainer would laugh at this question because there was a phase in the summer where I was in the cold tub every single day, but like now I just can't do it. Like I'm always in the hot tub, but if I had to pick, I'm going ice pack. Okay. What is the school with the best facilities? University of Iowa, duh. Um, oh, but if I have to pick something other than that, oh man, uh, I'll pick somebody in the Big Ten. I'm going to say Michigan. Like I love their arena. Their campus is awesome. Obviously I haven't really seen like their practice gym or like weight room, but I just got a vibe that it's awesome. And they're a Jordan school. Just the vibe. They're a Jordan school. Like I feel like they got cool shoes, cool stuff. They got to have a cool like equipment room with that, obviously. So I'm just, I'm going to go with them. For sure. In the pack, it's Oregon. Like they got all that. Yeah, That's an an easy answer. And when (laughs) I visited Oregon, like I saw all that and was like, that definitely would make make a kid want to go there but you gotta look past that but no it's definitely mm-hmm. cool especially the room with like all the shoes of like ever crazy unreal crazy okay and then last vibe check question what is your best impersonation of coach bluter oh definitely she's always like beautiful beautiful like she always <laughs> says that or but like if i could show you she like loves stomping the ground with her foot like if something oh, wow. goes wrong like pounding the ground with her foot and like oh, she kind of talks about when she used to like dress up when they used to dress up for every game like mm-hmm. in her heels she said like it would hurt so bad the next day her foot so oh, I would no, definitely ma'am. go with the stomp or the beautiful and she's always one to like point out an assist like she loves to celebrate the assist more than, than the basket and that's kind of what we pride ourselves in so mm-hmm. I would say those two things more than anything Caitlin this has been amazing thank you so much for being on the podcast thank you for having me on I've had a lot of fun Of course. And we will be back every week with a new guest following the latest on women's hoops. This has been Sometimes I Hoop. Thanks. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Sometimes I Hoop. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Haley.Jones. That's no I in Haley and three S's in Jones to get all the Sometimes I Hoop content. You can also watch the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Thanks again for all your support. theplayerstribute.com.